Sean was sharing, we're going to jump back into week two of a series called Hello, and it's specifically about hearing God's voice. And, uh, and so, uh, and then this is a church-wide series, so even where the, the kids are headed to their classrooms right now, and uh, even the youth and Pivot when they're meeting and all those things. So the whole church is talking about this, and the whole goal is that you start having some of the conversation at home with your family. And uh, so with your kids, with your spouse, and so how many of you know that church is not supposed to stay at church? Are you sure about that? That did not sound like a resounding. <clears throat> but no, it is very important. And so the goal is, is that we actually start having some conversation uh, about it because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And so part of why we preach on things is to stir up your faith. But it's also with the goal that it's going to stir up some conversation. And so even at lunch today, you might need to say, hey, what did you think about this that pastor said this morning? What did, what, did, what did that scripture say to you? What stuck out to you? And begin to ask, you know, even with our kids, I'm asking them like, hey, what did you learn in, in class today? I want to know. And they're like, I don't know. All right, well, you're not going to eat lunch until you give me something. They're like, oh, well, you know, not really. My son would be like, okay, I'm not hungry. But <laughs> 10 minutes later, I need a snack. Yeah. No, but hey, I mean, it's just a great opportunity. And so, uh, you know, and so last week we kind of dove into this. And so as Aaron said, uh, or mentioned here, uh, if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to just jump on, online. You can get on the app, the website, all these things. Um, it's available to you. And uh, so, uh, but here's the thing, and I'm just going to recap real briefly, and then we're going to jump into the context for today. Um, and so we do want to welcome everybody. So thankful that you're here. I know we've got people like Aaron was just on our screen. He's on his way to Germany right now. And uh, so he's going to, with his parents. They're going to visit. But Tim, which, but Tim, if you're watching, what's up, buddy? And uh, he was a foreign exchange student that they uh, hosted a couple years ago. And uh, so they're going to visit him. And so we actually have foreign exchange students all over the place that uh, have been a part of our church in the past. And so they still watch. And so... Hey guys, wherever y'all are at. And, um, but, uh, we do want to welcome everybody. So thankful that you're here. And, uh, so we want to jump into God's word though, because God's word transforms us. It, it really changes the way that we live our life. And so left to ourself, we're not going to change a whole lot. Uh, it'll be small baby steps of change, but God's word has the power, the ability. Uh, Hebrews 4 12 says that God's word is active. And that it's living, that it's powerful. And it's, it goes all the way, it goes through this whole list of things. At the very end, it says, it can tell you why you do what you do. And God's word has the power, the ability to do that. And so some of why this is so important is because God has written things to us. We call it the Bible. It's 66 books that we can read and it's God's written word. But how many of you know that God still speaks today? God is still actively talking. And so we want to encourage you and stir up your faith uh, about this. And so even last week I shared with you the first time or the first interaction that we see between uh, Adam and God was actually God really declaring a blessing over Adam. And so one of the things that I want you to know is that any time that God speaks to you, let me say it this way, every time that God speaks to you, it's for your good. It's for your blessing. Whether you realize or not, because I mean, there are times that God corrects us and he says, hey, you, we, we need to look at this. And, and, but you know what? He still has a blessing in mind, even in his correction, because he knows what's on the other side of walking in his way and walking in his desire for our life. And it is for our good. And so many times I believe that we can actually um, kind of hesitate wanting to hear from God because we just think, oh, he's going to correct me. He's just the judge. No, that's not the majority of the communication that comes from the Lord. But there are specific things, and I want to share some things. Last week, I, I won't share any of them this week, but last week I, I, I told you about some life hacks. How many of you know what a life hack is? And yet, hearing from God is probably one of the greatest Christian hacks that you can have. Why? Because how many of you know the Bible doesn't give you answers to everything in your life? Anybody ever had something that you thought, I just don't think the Bible talks about that? Anybody? Am I the only one? I have lots of questions. And I have to what? I need to go to the Lord and I need to ask him to give me wisdom in what the Bible may not speak clearly to. Well, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to try to figure it out on my own? No, God will speak to me. He'll lead me. He'll guide me. Many times it's back to the word. And I'll be like, I didn't even know that verse was there. I didn't know the Bible did speak to that. And the Holy Spirit will guide us to the answers that we need. And so I've said this last week. I'll say it again. If I could only give you one piece of advice. If you're like, what's the one thing as a Christian that I need? You've got to learn how to hear the voice of God for yourself. There's nothing wrong with other people praying for you. There's nothing wrong with even other people 
hearing from God and saying, but one of the marks of Christian maturity is that you can start hearing the voice of God for you. Now here, I'm just going to, here's the negative side of that. If it's a negative side, many times we want other people to hear God for us because then we can blame them and be like, well, what you said didn't happen. And we always kind of want that out a little bit. But when we start hearing from God, we have to own what we heard. Good and bad, you know. And so here's just a couple of reasons why I believe that God speaks to us. I believe that's important. Uh, just a couple of things is this. Is that number one, God speaks for direction, correction, and protection. Direction, correction, protection. Those, and those are just three things. Those aren't all of them. It's not an exhaustive list. But if you're wondering, why do I need to hear from God? How many of you think that God might be able to help you navigate your life? Just maybe. I mean, he is outside of space and time. And he kind of has, I mean, we, we talk about a 30,000 foot view. Well, what about an infinite view? And God says, hey, I can see not just around the corner. I can see a decade from now. And I can see, and if you're like, well, why would I do this right now? Because it's not for today. It's for a future moment. And, and so God will speak direction. There are times that we need correction. We, we go left and God's going, hey, you need to go right. Because my, my blessing is right. My blessing is not left. So just turn. Here's another thing. And, and, and I know nobody else is guilty of this. And this is the one I typically like the least. Because I'm more of a God, I'm going. You just going to have to direct me somewhere because I'm going somewhere. But sometimes God will say, sit. Stay. Simmer down. Change your attitude and calm down. I'll give you an example of this. One time, this was a number of years ago, actually a long time ago now. I was fairly newly saved. But I had a, uh, there were some things that were going on at our church. And it just not even, not even anything within the church, but just some situations that I had knowledge of. And I kept making the statement. I was talking to somebody. And this was like one of the first times I ever just felt like the gut punch of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, I mean, I don't like those things, but sometimes we need them. And I was young. I mean, I've been saved like six months, you know. I'm like new to the whole faith thing. I mean, just, you know, green as could be. And, but I thought I knew it all. Sounds like a teenager, doesn't it? And, um, you know, I had a, a little bit of life experience. And, and I kept making the statement, though, in our conversation of, I don't agree, I don't agree, I don't agree. And I, I mean, I've said it multiple times. And in the way the Holy Spirit does it, which is actually gracious and kind, he just said, you don't disagree, you don't understand. Because you don't know enough to disagree. And I can't tell you how much that one statement has done well for me for the last 20 plus years. Because many times, as I'm opinionated, I don't know if y'all know that, I'm opinionated. <laughs> I got opinions on lots of things. And sometimes my opinion can actually get in the way of me hearing from what God says, because his way is different than my way. That's what the Bible tells me. His thoughts are higher than mine. His ways are higher than mine. And I will have an opinion, and I need the Holy Spirit to say, hey, back up, buddy. You're about to step off in it. And I need the Holy Spirit to help me. So I have to learn how to. So there are corrections, and there's times where it's protection. Don't go that way. Don't do that. Don't, don't, whatever. And there have been times I've listened to that protection and it has done me well. And there are times that I just blew right past the stop sign and I paid the price. And then when I have that collision, I'm like, dang it, I knew better. Well, I can get discouraged by that or I can just say, you know what? I didn't listen, but I'm going to next time. I'm going to learn from it. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to get down in the dumps like, oh man, I'm stupid. I just can't do this and I'm just a failure. No, God, I, I'm going to repent. I'm sorry that I did not listen to your voice but I'm going to ask you to keep speaking to me and I'm going to pay attention. I'm, and I've had to learn. That's one of the things you learn how to listen to the voice of God. And, and so this week I want to jump into some things though. So that's a little bit of recap and some new content. But uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn, click, however you're engaging with your Bible um, to John chapter 10. We're going to spend a few minutes here because before I can talk to you about speaking to God about hearing from God today, I need to address one of the great things that I believe can be a hindrance to you actually hearing from God. And, and so what that is, is that number one is that God is good. 
Like if you believe that God is just a judge, you don't want to talk to him. How many of you want to go talk to somebody you know is upset with you? I mean, you know, you get that text, call me. You're like, I ain't making that phone call. <laughs> you can wait. They call straight to voicemail. I'm going to let you calm down a little bit. Right? But yet we view God that way. And so why would we want to engage with God? Why would we want to have a conversation when we don't even know if we trust him really? Now we can say we do, but do we? And so I want to show you some things here in John chapter 10, and then we're going to get into a few things, but this morning together. But in John chapter 10, starting in verse 1, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone, now this is Jesus speaking, he says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. In other words, thieves and robbers crawl through the window, they don't go through the front door. Unless you get locked out your house, and then you got to go, you know. I had to break a window one time to get into my house because I had one house key and it was in the house. It was awesome. Sticker bushes. At least it was the middle of the day. It wasn't in the middle of the night. But anyhow, so Jesus is talking here. He says, so, and he's actually talking about himself and we'll look at this in just a moment. But he says, the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. Sheep recognize, so I'm not trying to belittle you. Jesus called you a sheep though. Jesus called me a sheep. Why? Because he's a shepherd. Well, sheep follow shepherds. That's the way it works. Shepherds don't follow sheep. Let that sink in for a minute. Sheep are to follow the shepherd. The shepherd does not chase down the sheep. And so many times we want to live our lives that way where it's like, well, God, I'm going to go do my thing and you're just going to bless it. That's not the way it works. There's blessing when we follow the shepherd, right? So he goes on here and he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And now this is a parable. So it's a story that Jesus, the gatekeeper is God and he is the shepherd, And it says that God would open the gate for him. And it says the sheep know his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. It says after he has gathered uh, his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. It says they won't follow uh, follow a stranger. It says they will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now, There's a lot to unpack here, and this is a parable I would encourage you to go read, John chapter 10, because I'm not going to read the full chapter today to you. Um, But there's a lot here, and Jesus actually goes through and says they had no idea what he was talking about, and so he explains it right after these just few verses. But I want to give you an illustration about this that I believe can help you. And when, you know, when I was a kid, I was small, I don't know, I was probably about my son's age, probably six, eight, ten years old, somewhere in that range. I spent the summers with my granddad a lot. I would go spend weeks with my granddad. He was retired, and so he let me do whatever I wanted to do. He took me for breakfast every morning, and I got to go fish, and I got to go do all these things. It was awesome. And, uh, but one of the things about my granddad was that he raised cattle. And so he would, you know, I'm, I say cattle. It was his hobby. He'd have like 100. He'd get mad at them, sell them all, get bored in retirement, and go buy two more and start over. He did this my entire life growing up. And uh, so anyhow, and so, but I got to help my granddad in the summers with the cattle because they weren't like at his house. They were, he would like lease a field or something, have cattle out there. And we would go out to, to uh, take care of the cattle, check on stuff, feed the cattle. And the interesting thing was, and that I remember even as a, as just a young boy is that my granddad would open the gate and the sound of his car would attract, well, I don't know if it was the sound of the car or the sight of the car, but cows would start coming to us. I mean, like walking right up next to the car. And we'd get into the field a little bit, and my granddad would start yelling. He'd be like, Woo, cow! Woo, cow! And these cows just come out of the woods, come from different places. Why? Because they know it's dinner time. Because they know that he has something good for them. And it's amazing. Now, that's kind of neat in and of itself because I could yell and the cows would not come. But he also had a few cow around his house, just a handful. And we had a pond that I fished in all the time. 
as a kid. And he would tell me when I was young, he'd be like, hey, be really quiet and walk down next to the pond and I'll come after you in about a minute or two. And when I start calling for the cows, watch the ring in the pond. Now, I didn't know what I was looking for at first. So he comes up from, it was kind of down the hill and he starts yelling, woo cow, woo cow, here come the cows. And you know what began to happen in the pond? The catfish started coming to the ring because they knew it was dinner time too. And they'd come up and start hitting the water and we'd take a little bucket of feed and we'd throw it out there and I would watch them do their thing, right? Well, why did they know it was dinner time? They knew the voice. They knew that he had something good for them, so they didn't run away. They ran two. Now, I don't know the intelligence level of a cow, but I don't think it's that high. I mean, pretty confident all of us are above that level. Pretty certain. And I definitely don't think a catfish is very smart just based off of what they eat. I don't know if you ever been catfishing, but it does not smell good. But if it works in the natural realm, will it not also work in the spirit realm? And I believe that God wants to get our attention. I believe that we all want to hear the voice of God. I believe we have an innate desire to be connected to the creator, whether we realize it or not. And here's the good news is God wants to talk with you. God wants you to talk to him. He wants a conversation that goes both ways. And God doesn't just speak in words. There's oftentimes that God can use other people. He can use a circumstance or a situation. It could be a song on the radio that just, it could be a moment, something that happens. And it just, there's this inspiration that happens. It could be from reading the word of God is that he wants to speak to us. And it ought to be so normal and regular that it's not odd. It's not strange. It's not out of the ordinary. It should actually be a part of our normal day routine. Like it should not be uncommon to hear uh, the leading of the spirit. And sometimes when I say hearing, I don't mean just with your physical ears. It's something that God speaks on the inside of us. And we have to, and really what we're going to talk about today is really about learning how to discern or recognize, because really it's recognizing and discerning are not the same two things. There's a much deeper level of discernment than there is just in recognition. I can recognize certain things very easily. It comes very natural, but there's something deeper than that. And, and so, but here's the truth though, and here's the, the thing, and this is what Jesus is talking about here. He says, if you know the voice of your shepherd, you won't follow the voice of a stranger, right? And so if we don't want to follow the enemy or the plans of the enemy for our life, then we ought to learn the voice of our shepherd. Jesus, the Bible says, is the chief shepherd. He's the main shepherd. And this is what the scriptures tell us. And so, you know, but even in that is that one of the things that we sometimes what we want to do is we want to figure out, well, let me just figure out everything that the devil says so that I'll know it's him. Well, you know, they don't do that with money. Like the people who investigate finances, they don't go and study all the counterfeits. They just study the real thing. And the counter and because they know the real thing so well, the counterfeit becomes obvious. I was listening to something the other day and they were actually talking about this and they were talking about how they train these guys and they study all the intricacies of, the, of our money, of our dollar, like the striations of the colors and this and that. And so they would put all this money on a conveyor belt and it's just going by. Just and every now and then the instructor would just go and flip a fake on the conveyor belt to see if they could catch it. Now this thing's moving. It's not like they're stopped and they're like, let me look at every single one. But they knew the real so well that it was so obvious of the counterfeit. And they could just grab it. Never missed one. Why? Because they knew the real thing really well. And if we'll learn to recognize God's voice, I believe that we can also recognize when it's not the Lord. Now, if it's not the Lord, it can be two things. It can be us and it can be the enemy. And sometimes we need to discern that too. Because we're not going to change the enemy. He is who he is. But maybe we need to change the way that we think. Maybe that we need to change the way that we perceive things. And that's why it's important for us to hear the voice of the Lord. In John chapter 10, again, in verse 9, 
And Jesus says, yes, I am the gate. He says, those who come in through me will be saved. He says, they will come and go freely and they will find good pasture. They will come and go freely. Isn't it funny how Jesus operates and how the enemy operates? The enemy wants to grab you and hold you down. You ain't going anywhere. I got you. And yet Jesus, being a good shepherd, says, hey, you can come and go freely. And what that's really talking about is that there's spiritually a freedom that's available for us. It doesn't mean that I can be like, well, I'm a Christian today and I'm not tomorrow. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying, though, is that I have room to explore. I have room and, 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 I'm, and it's really a, I'm in a place of protection because I have a good shepherd. It goes on here in verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. I believe that every time that God speaks to us, he has something good in mind. He has something good in store for us. And so if we want the goodness of God, then it is going to require that we begin to listen for his voice. And and so, and again, you got to believe that what God wants to say to you is good or why go listen? But he is a good shepherd. And so, you know, just for the sake of time, I'm going to roll through a couple things fairly quickly here. But later on in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus repeats again, my sheep listen to my voice. We talked about this last week. He says, I know them and they follow me. If you want to know what a good shepherd does, go read Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack any good thing. He prepares a path before me. Even in the valley, he's with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. He protects me and he corrects me. This is all in Psalms 23. It's six verses, I believe. He says, he's going to lead me to some still, calm waters. He restores my soul and gives life unto me. Right? I mean, this is the picture of Jesus in Psalms 23. So what makes him a good shepherd? This is some of the things I pulled from Psalms 23 there. Is that he leads, he feeds, he protects, and he cares for the flock. He leads, he feeds, he protects, and he cares. None of those sound bad. Those all actually sound pretty good. I mean, and so here's what I want you to know is that you can trust God because he's faithful and he's true. He really is good. And he only has good things in store for you. But the problem comes, and, and so again, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I want to touch on it again, is that we have to, it's incumbent on us to hear. Now, let me give you an example of this. Have you ever been in an environment where somebody's like, do you hear that high-pitched noise? And you're like, no, I don't hear anything. And they're like, how can you not hear that? And then all of a sudden you hear it, and then that's the only thing you hear? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it was there all along, you just didn't know about it. Or even better, do you smell that? No, I didn't. Thank you. I was fine in my ignorance. Or maybe sometimes it's like the smell of fresh baked bread. Mm. I know. Or somebody maybe will say something like, have you ever noticed about this person? This little tick and you're like, I never noticed that. I wish you would not have told me that. Because now it's the only thing I see. They talk, and all I hear is the little that they do. They're always doing this. They're always doing this. It's like, oh, my gosh. And, like, it's so obvious, but it wasn't five minutes ago. But now, all of a sudden, it's the only, right? Why? Because somebody pointed it out. It was there all along. And the same thing happens in our relationship with God. Is that he is speaking He is directing. It's just, are we aware of it? Are we paying attention to it? So one of my goals in this series is to just help you, to even help me, to just be, to get to a place of a heightened awareness of God's presence. To get to a heightened awareness of God's voice. Because here's the thing, the more that I hear God's voice, the more I'm going to recognize God's voice. The easier it's going to be. Why? Why? Because it's familiar. 
You know, last week in kids, I know Miss Jen, or maybe today, I don't remember if it was last week or today, but she took multiple people's voices and they all said the same thing. And they layered multiple people's voices. And it was some of our kids' parents. And she was like, hey, tell me when you begin to hear a voice that you recognize. Oh, well, that's my mom. Well, how do you know your mom? Well, because she yells at me every day. <laughs> oh, that was my dad. Well, how are you familiar with that voice? Because you know that voice. Because it's very familiar to you. And even in the noise and the chaos of all the voices, one sticks out. Because it's the most familiar This is the goal. This is what we want to do. And and so I want to uh, use a a story from the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 3 that I I believe speaks to this in some some interesting things. But it's a fairly familiar passage of Scripture. But uh, I'll just put a little plug here for an old movie. But if you've never seen it, it might be a good movie to watch with your kids during this time, which is The Prince of Egypt. That's such a cool movie. I watched it a long, long time ago. But if you've never seen it, go get it. Let your kids watch it. They did a great job with it. And, uh, but it's really a kid's movie, but it's still worth watching. And, um, but here in Exodus chapter 3, it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, minding his own business, doing his job, going about doing what he does. It says, He led the flock far into the wilderness, and he came to Sinai. <coughs> Excuse me. Came to Sinai, the mountain of God. It says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Now, here's something that just sticks out to me. Moses did not recognize that there was an angel in the bush. I know that's what the scripture says, but Moses was unaware of that. And because if we, as we keep reading, you'll see why I say that. But it says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing uh, fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. He said, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. And he thought, this is amazing. So what he sees is a fire. He doesn't know is actually an angelic visitation. He didn't even know about it. He's just standing there looking at it and be like, man, wood, flame, something should be burning. So it probably was not the first time that Moses had seen a fire in the wilderness, but it was the first time that he noticed that it wasn't being consumed. There probably wasn't the crackling of the fire. There wasn't the embers rising in the the smoke. I don't know what all wasn't there. But for some reason, it caught Moses' attention and he stopped. He had to recognize that, hey, this is different than everything else. It says, so he stares in amazement. This is amazing. And Moses says to himself, why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. See, I believe we need to have the attitude of Moses that even if we think that the Lord is directing us, speaking to us, leading us, that we need to stop what we're doing and be like, you know what? We're going to hit the pause button. Let me go see if this is the Lord. Because this is unusual. And there will be times in your life where there almost can even just seem like a thought, but it's not your thought. And it will come out of seemingly nowhere. And all of a sudden you're like, and you need to ask yourself, is that the Lord? Is that the enemy? It's real easy to tell the difference between the two. One brings peace and one brings not peace. Peace, no peace. That's the determining factor. So this isn't something hard or complicated, but I believe that we get so busy going and doing, sometimes we just need to stop for a minute and just be like, Lord, is this you? And this could take 30 seconds. This could take 20 seconds. It might take longer. It may not. But yet Moses says, man, I've got to see what's going on over here. It says, and when the Lord saw that Moses stopped and came, that God called out to him from the middle of the bush and says, Moses, Moses. In other words, if Moses would have just kept trucking about his way, God would not have spoken. But there was a recognition Something supernatural is happening. And because he stopped, God began to speak. Now think about that. How many times are we just going about our life and we walk right past an opportunity that God wanted to speak some wisdom into our life to give us the answer to the prayer that we've been praying, but we were too busy to stop for a minute. We were too busy to to detour for a second so that we could hear from God. 
So God speaks out to him and Moses responds and says, here I am. And the Lord speaks to him and says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for you, uh, for you are standing on holy ground. He says, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Which tells me if God introduced himself to Moses, Moses did not know God at this point. He didn't know. So Moses didn't know who was talking to him. And out of the bush just comes his name, Moses. And he's like, this bush knows me? Who you is? Who's in that bush? And then God introduced himself and said, I am the God of your fathers. Moses, if you're wondering who's talking, let me just introduce myself. My name is God and nice to meet you. Hey, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. This is a holy moment. And and I do want you to, to just grab hold of this little nugget. And I don't have time to unpack it. Every time that God speaks to us, it's a holy moment. It's to be revered. It's to be reverenced. It's to be given weight and value. It's not just a casual happenstance throwaway moment. No, it's an important moment. This was a defining moment that altered the course of Moses' entire life. He was a shepherd, but he was called to be a deliverer. And without the word of the Lord, he was still just the shepherd. His whole life changed that fast. Why? Because he stopped and recognized. He recognized that God was doing something, that God was stirring. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's something here. And so this is the introduction of Moses. Now I want to take you 30 chapters forward to Exodus 33. Because Moses has now developed his relationship with God and has now understood it and has these conversations. I mean, you go and read throughout the book of Exodus. God spoke to Moses all the time. Moses do this. Moses say that. Go over here. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And it's amazing the supernatural happened when Moses obeyed. I mean, throughout his entire life. And it says here in Exodus 33, and I believe that this is where much of, not not talking about our church, I just mean Christians as a whole live their life still in this place. Because they think this is the way it works. In Exodus 33, starting in verse 8, it says, Whenever Moses went to the tent of meeting, which was part of um, the tabernacle, it was part of uh, really as the children of Israel were wandering through the desert, it was the way that God had implemented some things. So Moses would go to the tent of meeting. Do you wonder what happened in that tent? There was a meeting. Shocker, right? (laughs) Mind just blown right there. That's revelation for you. You're not going to get that just reading your Bible. I'm telling you, I promise. Now it says all the people would get up. So Moses would go to the tent of meeting. It says all the people would get up and stand at the entrance of their own tents. It says, and they would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. It says, as he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover over its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. It says, when the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down at their own tent. It says, while, but meanwhile... Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as God speaks to a friend. God would speak to Moses face to face. You know, this was always God's intention. The children of Israel, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Exodus 19. It's either 19 or 20. But you actually have the account where Moses goes up on the mountaintop to, and he ultimately receives the Ten Commandments. And it says that every, the, all the nation of Israel looked at the mountain and they see the cloud and the thunderings and they see all the happenings and they're like, we ain't going up there. And they're like, Moses, you go up there, you hear from God and you come back and tell us what he says. Because that's scary. I don't want to go up there. And one of my questions for you today is how many of you live in that mindset? Pastor, you go pray, you go talk to God, and you come back and tell me what he says, because he freaks me out. And do you realize that you're robbing yourself of the intended blessing that God has, is that God wants to speak to you, about you, and for your life? But it's just easier to say, well, you you go do that. But God wanted to speak to them face-to-face as well. 
But they said, no, 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 no. And sometimes what happens is that God will put something in our heart. And when he says go, we like, no, I'm not doing that. So Moses stops. He recognizes that, that God is, that something is happening in this moment. He comes to realize that God is speaking to him out of the bush. It alters his entire life. God talks to him face to face. He develops this relationship, this communication where he talks to God and God talks to him. I mean, he even asks favors of God. Because at one point he even said, God, I want to see you. And God says, nobody can see me and live. And God relents and says, you know what, Moses? I like you. I like that you even asked me. You can't see my face, but you can see my backside. Here, let me just stick you in this little crack in the rock. I'm going to put my hand there. And when I remove my hand, put your head out. And you're going to see. And I, it's one of my favorite depictions of God. God doesn't say you're going to see my power. You're going to see my ability. You're going to see my wisdom. He doesn't say all of the things. He says, when I pass before you, you're going to see my goodness. Yes. Moses asked for the glory, the presence, the manifest presence of God. And God says, what you really need is my goodness. This is his interactions. Now, if Moses had that in the Old Testament, that was B.C. That was before Jesus came. That's before resurrection life came. That's before our spirit man could come alive unto God again. If Moses, being dead in sin, could hear the voice of God, how much more should we, having regenerated spirits, now be able to hear the voice of God? His radio was off and he still got a signal. My radio's on and antenna's up. Amen. Hebrews says it this way, is that Jesus mediates a far better covenant based on better promises. If Moses could have it back then and all the saints of old could have it in the Old Testament, how much more will God do it today? Absolutely he will. And so it really comes down is that we have to learn to listen, to recognize, and to discern the voice of God. We do. We've got to unpack these things. And so, you know, and I, there's a lot of things that I could, I mean, listening is obvious. Pay attention. Like, you know, sometimes I'm talking to my kids. I'm like, they're looking at me, but I'm like, you ain't listening to me, Joker. Unstop your ears. I didn't hear you. I've only said it 18 times. Oh. So we have to what purpose in our heart? I'm going to open up my ears and I'm not talking about physical. I mean like spirit, like God, I want you to speak. I welcome you. I invite you to speak to me. So we need that. So we got to listen. We got to recognize, which means sometimes we got to slow down. We got to stop at times. And then we need to discern why God is speaking. So let me just kind of briefly here. This is a, a very loose definition, but what is what happens with discernment? It's not just the what God wants, because sometimes I think that we will get a word from God and we just, and God said, I didn't say now. So discernment sometimes isn't just the what, it's the when. Okay, God, I, I believe that's what you're telling me to do. When you want me to do that. Oh, you don't want me to do that today. And sometimes I believe we can even get really discouraged because God will put something in our heart that seems so big and we look at our today and be like, hey, no way I'm getting there. Well, God didn't say today. He just said, hey, this is a picture of your future. It could be 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. But you can get so discouraged because you just say, oh, well, that's what God's got for me. But the win is important too. The win might be as important, if not more important than the what? We get all excited because we got the what. Okay, God, when do you want me to do that? When do I need to put those steps into action? He may say, right now, what you waiting on? Or he may say, I'm just giving you a picture. I'm giving you an idea of what the, the goal, the promised land, the end result is going to look like. Okay, well, what do I do in the meantime? These are all great, great questions to begin to ask. See, so here's another word for discernment. Well, it's just the 
a piece of it. But I thought this was interesting. So discernment is to discern something. Well, another word for discern is to detect. It's where we also get our word detective. So think about this. When God speaks, I need to act like a detective and I need to go do a little research. I might need to do a little investigation. Okay, I believe God spoke this to me. So let me run this by some godly people. Let me look to the word of God. Let me verify that I am hearing properly. Because many times we can get out on a limb thinking God told me to do and God did not tell me to do. And everybody else is going, God ain't told you to do that. But we, oh, I heard from the Lord. Don't tell me. That's foolishness. Proverbs says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So I'm going to go to the word. I'm going to let the mentors in the scriptures teach me. I'm going to go to the people that God has placed around me. And I'm going to say, hey, does this sound like the Lord to you? Or does it sound like bad pizza from yesterday? (laughs) Which one is it? And it doesn't mean that just, well, I'm going to do it because so-and-so said. No, they're just a counselor that I'm putting on the scale to say, hey, does does this weigh out? There's safety in that. But we may need to investigate a little bit as to what God's word is. When he's speaking to us, in a sense, you can say it this way, is that there are checks and balances. Is that God has written an entire book of the Bible to us. But God also speaks. He's not limited solely by his word. But there is a partnership that is required. Because here's the thing. Some people, and I've been in both these camps, so I can talk about both. My goal is to live in the middle. You can be so word that you become so legalistic that you become of absolutely no use to the Lord because there's legalism, there's bondage there. But then you can also get all the way out here where you're like, the Lord just told me to do. Fruit loops. That's where they at. They in the land of fruity loops. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, bro. Let's verify what you're hearing because I'm questioning. I want to be in the middle of those two things. I want to be in the middle of of what God has written and what God has said. Because they actually come into agreement. And and so so here's one of the things that that we got to grab hold of is that when God speaks, it's not just information. As a matter of fact, when God speaks, it's never information. Let me repeat that. God never waste a word, not one. If he said it, it's because he meant it. And he meant it the way he said it. He doesn't backspace, but let me, re, let me reword that. I've never had God speak to me that he changed his mind. Never. So he doesn't speak for our information He speaks for our revelation. Revelation is very different than information. Information you can ignore, and there may not be consequences. If you ignore revelation, there will be consequences. There will be. Some good consequences, some bad consequences. But when you get revelation, in other words, there's that light bulb eye-opening, like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that. God is speaking. See, information is head knowledge. Revelation far surpasses that. God can say three words, but yet you get a chapter of information in those three words. He he can make a statement or a phrase or just like a thought can come. It's just, it may even be a scripture. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is how this scripture applies to this entire situation. And all of a sudden I have the answers that I've been praying for because God said three or four words. When God speaks and there's revelation, faith gets stirred up in our heart. But there are some, 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 some rules, if, if, if I can say it that way, about hearing God. And there has to be the balance of these things. Because if not, we're going to be in one of those two ditches. You can go over there in legalism, or you can go out there in pretty loop land. I mean, look, I would love to be on the legalism camp because it's black and white. It's definitive. There's no, there's no margin. It's just like, nope, that's why I joke. And I'm like, man, I'd have made a great Pharisee. Just 
There's 782 laws, and you're going to follow every stinking one of them. Toe the line, Joker. You know, I mean. And there have been times that I've had thoughts in my mind about even what the Bible says, and then God challenges me as to my understanding of how I've understood or perceived or learned about that. And then all of a sudden, I have to be like, okay, Lord, if that's wrong, then tell me what's right. And so there's sometimes that I have to unlearn some of the things that I have been taught, which is not easy. There's a whole discourse in our culture right now about deconstructing your faith. Here's the problem with deconstruction. Look, I've renovated a number of houses. If all I did was demo, how many of you know I wouldn't have a house to live in? If you deconstruct without reconstruction, you end up homeless. And people have abandoned their faith because they've tried to tear it apart versus saying, look, God, I need you to guide me. They've taken a natural approach to their spiritual life and it ends in destruction. Again, deconstruction without construction gets you homeless. You got you to build it back. So there may be some areas of your life that you need the Holy Spirit to help you to unpack some of the things that you hold to. And just because I can quote it from the scripture doesn't mean that I have the proper understanding of the scripture. There's context involved in these things. And so let me say this is that direct revelation. Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. Is that when, when revelation comes, it's actually God's, what I would call the manifest, the appearance of God's wisdom comes. In other words, it's God's thoughts and all of a sudden I have them. And so you could look at it or say it this way, is that God's written word is his general will. And that's good. We can read the scripture and we can learn a lot of things specifically. Or I'm sorry, in generalities. But God's spoken word is where he takes the scriptures and make it specific to you. Makes it specific to me. You know, like, does God want me to have a home? Yes. Okay, well, that's what the Bible says. I need to have a house. Great. Which house? Okay, well, I'm not going to find that in the Bible. Like, I don't know if you notice, there's not a street address in the Bible anywhere. Never found one. But yet God wants me to have a home. He wants me to have a place to live. Well, that's the specific will of God. And that's a divine revelation. Here's the balance of it. And this is what we have to protect. Because if you don't protect this, you'll go to one of two ditches. You really will. Is that direct revelation doesn't mean that it's not supported by scriptures. And you can tell when people think this way. Because they'll say, well, I know what the Bible says, but the Lord said, God will not violate his own word. He is committed to his word. So direct revelation doesn't mean that it's not supported through Scripture. The word, the actual words, is that God's rhema word, which is his now word, his alive word, his, his spoken word, will never violate or supersede the logos. These are the original text words. Rhema is the now. It's the alive word. It's the thing that God spoke. It's the thing that energized your spirit. But that will never violate the written word of God. The written word will always support the spoken word. And any time that I have a spoken word that I can't support with Scripture, I hit the pause button. Doesn't mean it's not the Lord, but I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to help me. You're going you to have to give me some, some Scriptures to support this. I believe this is you, but maybe it's not. I mean, the Bible says that even the enemy can disguise as an angel of light. So the enemy can come at times and say something and we're like, oh, it's the Lord. No, it's not. The devil has masqueraded himself and has fooled us. He has deceived us into believing things. And we're saying, well, man, I thought this was the Lord. You thought it was the Lord. You did not go investigate to make sure it was the Lord. Put your detective cap on and go investigate it back to the word of God. Because that's going to keep you safe. That's going to keep you from... La la land out there. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 out of the Amplified Bible. It says, call to me and I will answer you. It says, and I will tell you and even show you great and mighty things. Call to me. So in other words, talk to me. I'm going to talk to you. I will answer. 
Last week I gave you the illustration of the phone call. Incoming call. Accept, reject. God will not reject your phone call. He will answer. He says, and I'll even show you great and mighty things. It says, things which you have not, uh, which, which have been confined and hidden. It says, which you do not know, understand, and cannot distinguish. In other words, God wants to help you. I'm going to tell you about things you can't see. I'm going to tell you about things you don't know. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an idea, just something all, just out of the blue. You have no way of knowing these things. And God says, look, I've got them hidden away for you. I've got wisdom and understanding and knowledge and answers that you need. But, but you can't do that if, if you're not expecting the Lord to speak to you. If you're questioning, man, I don't know, man, that kind of freaks me out. I mean, like if you ever were to call me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. My response will be like, I will pray with you. Not that I won't pray. And I may even ask you, what are you believing for right now? Because I can't believe for you. I can believe with you. I can partner with you. We can join our faith together. And we have, I mean, there's a basis for that. But God wants to speak not just through me. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to your heart. I believe one of the one of the greatest obstacles to hearing from God is the fact that we think that God needs our help. Like God, let me give you the information you don't know about. It's our preconceived ideas. I've prayed, but I've already got it mapped out. God, here's the plan. Just run the play, Lord. Here's the ball. Go that way. And the Lord's like, that's not my plan. So we have a preconceived idea and we wonder, why isn't God speaking to me? Because you've already made up your mind. <coughs> As opposed to saying, Lord, I'm going to submit all of my ways to you. I'm going to submit all of my plans to you. I'm going to give you complete authority in my life. And my response is, and this goes back to last week, Lord, it's David. Speak because I'm listening. I- I'm ready for you to speak to me. I'm not here to tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. I'm just here to obey. And when you speak to me, I'm going to go do my investigation. But my answer is yes to you. Our answer should never be no to the Lord. Ever. Why? Because he can be trusted. Because he's good. Because he's compassionate. Because even in our hardest moments, and some of the, and we're going to talk about this next week, is about obedience in the hard moments. I've had God speak to me in some of the hardest moments of my life. And I did not want to do what he said. Like nothing in me wanted to. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. But you know what? I've already determined. I've already made up my mind a long time ago. That God, my answer to you is never no. No is off the table. And I got lots of questions. And I, everything in me may want to say no. But no. You're my shepherd. You're not going to follow me. I'm going to follow you. And wherever you go, I'm going to follow. And whatever you speak, that's what I'm going to obey. It's not left up for decision, debate. I mean, I love to debate. God does not. He just says something and it's like he just walks away. Like, wait, 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 I got questions. Why? Because he said everything he needed to say. Here's something else you can know about the Lord. If he didn't say it, he didn't need to. Again, he never wastes a word. Everything is is intentional, specific. It's not just generic. God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Do I stay at this job? Do I go here? Do I date this person? Do I go to this school? What do I major in? Am I supposed to make this move or am I supposed to stay here? Like all of these things God wants to talk to us about. 
Like my kid is going nuts, Lord, and I don't know the answer, but I know that you do. And I need you to give me the key to their heart. Because I don't want their behavior, I want their heart. And Lord, you know the key to their heart. So I, I just need you to show me. If you have kids, you know that matters to you. God, I, I need you to help me. So that I can raise my kids in the way that you have for them. Not just in the generic sense of, oh, I want my kids to be godly. I want them to love Jesus. I, yes, we want all those things. What have you created my child to do? And how can I help them get there? How can I help walk with them? Not drag them. How can I walk with them into what you have for them? Well, you need a specific word from God. Man, I got this problem on my job and nobody can figure it out. And we just keep going in circles and circles and circles and circles and circles. And nobody has an answer. Holy Spirit, I thank you that I have the wisdom of God. The Bible says I have the mind of Christ. And I thank you that you're going to give me an intelligent idea to solve this problem. Because you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And it's alive on the inside of me. You do that a couple times on your job and you solve a couple problems. Guess who they're looking at for the next promotion? That's not, I mean, it's not the reason that we do it, but you go look at Daniel. Daniel provided answers and he became second in charge. Daniel was also a man of great prayer and communion and fellowship. And he knew how to hear from God and he knew how to get the answers. It also got him in a lion's den but go read the story the buffet was not till 9am he was there all night they pulled him out threw the next guy in buffet time why because the shepherd was protecting him even in that moment See, we don't like to talk about those things in church. We don't like to talk about those anywhere. God was in the lion's den. I mean, that is the perfect picture of Psalms 91, by the way. Only with my eyes will I see the destruction of the wicked, but it will not come near me. Daniel watched it happen. I guarantee you when he was in the pit, he was thinking about that verse. God, you are my protector. I got animals all around me. I don't know what was going on in that lion's den that night. I doubt Daniel slept that much. Maybe he did. I don't know. But I believe he had a word from the Lord, though. He says, Daniel, this is not your end. I'm going to deliver you out of this. There was this obedience, this trust in the Lord that we need. See, I believe that many times we just haven't heard, we haven't recognized, we haven't taken the moments to discern God's voice. I didn't know the set list this morning, but my closing scripture, actually I think lines up with two or three of them, they actually use the exact phrase. It comes out of Genesis chapter 28, and, and it's really the account of Jacob when he encounters God. And so... <clears throat> I won't go into the backstory, but basically Jacob is there and he's going, pursuing, doing some things that God had. And it says here that <clears throat> this comes out of Genesis 28. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. It says that Jacob has a dream <clears throat> in kind of the pre up to this. He has this dream and he sees a ladder going into heaven. You can go read all about it. But when he wakes up, it says that he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware. God's here. And I had no clue. Totally oblivious to it. He said, but he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. He says, it is no other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. See, I believe that many times that we're like Jacob. Is that God's there. You might feel like, man, I'm in the pit today. God's there. You might be on a mountaintop. Your life may be just, you may be crushing life right now. And you're like, this is awesome. Don't forget the God, God on the mountaintop. But don't forget him in the pit either. 
Because there may be things that he's working in you. There may be things in our character and just in who we are and things that he needs to adjust and tweak. And, and there's things that don't seem like they matter today, but they will in the future. God's plan never makes sense looking forward. Ever. I can tell you story after story after story where I'm like, this made no sense. But looking back on it, I'm like, it's crystal clear. I'll give you one little example. I've mentioned this a number of times. I worked for UPS for nine months. It's probably one of the greatest lessons in pastoring I've ever had in my life. Because I learned how to treat people. I watched two guys. One guy was a believer and was a nut job. And everybody hated him. And then there were other guys that just were steady and they lived their life. People knew where they stood. And I saw the influence that they had versus everybody couldn't stand that guy. And I just thought, man, what's UPS got to do with pastoring? For me, everything. And there have been times in my life and there will be times in your life where it seems like you may even be in this kind of an in-between odd season where you're going, God, what are you doing? Uh, you just don't know it yet, but I, I, there's a purpose for this moment. You just don't see it yet. But when you look back, you're going to be like, oh, of course, it's so obvious. That's exactly why I was in that stupid, awkward, frustrating season. I didn't get it. But I see it now. God, you were shaping some things in me. You were making some adjustments in me. That, that what I thought was wasted time was just preparation time. And, and, and so I had to just trust you. And then as God would speak, I would obey. And then now I see it and it all makes sense to me. Why? Because just like Jacob, the Lord was in that place. I just didn't know. The Lord was in that situation. The Lord was in that season. The Lord was in that moment. I just wasn't aware of it. I didn't see it. I didn't comprehend it. But God wants to speak to you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And you can trust him. He really is good. He has nothing but the best for you. But we're going to have to stop like Moses did. Even if we think it's the Lord, stop and do an investigation. Give it a few moments. Lord, is that you? And if you miss it, you miss it. Who cares? God's big enough to handle our failure. Here's what I know. God would, can do a lot more with a right heart than he can just right actions. Like, man, if we got a right heart, God can work. God can move. I can do a lot of and have done a number of foolish things and God still works. And I'm like, God, you are too good to me. Man, I was an idiot. But God has been faithful and God has been good. and He'll be good to you. So I want to encourage you today. It's just stir it up on the inside of you. You ought to start making a confession. And this, I've said this for years and years and years. It's, Father God, I thank you that I hear your voice accurately and clearly. I hear your voice accurately and clearly. Father, I thank you that I hear your voice. I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I've said it thousands of times. And that's no exaggeration. I said it every day for years. Every morning. Father, I thank you today. I'm going to hear your voice accurately and clearly. The voice of a stranger I'm not going to follow. And I would say it every day, 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 every day. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing God's word. I'm just stirring at my faith. God, you're going to speak. I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear. I'm going to hear. Give me ears to hear. And I've just learned. I'm, I'm still learning. I haven't got it all figured out. I ain't got it cornered. There's still moments where I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have had that attitude. You tried to tell me and I didn't listen. It blew up in my face and I knew better. Thank you for trying to help me. And I'm sorry that I didn't listen. I'm going to do better though. That's practical maturity. Just grow up. Grow up in the Lord. Apologize. Lord, I, I ask you to repent. I ask you to forgive me for that. He's not angry. He'll say, it's okay. My, my grace is enough for you. I got grace for everything that you need. So this morning, I want to pray over you. I, I'm just believing that during this time that we're focusing on these things, that you're just going to begin to hear God's voice clearer.
God's going to start speaking to you even more. Just get your antennas up there to start being open to hear from the Lord. So, Father God, I just thank you so much for this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word produces life on the inside of every single one of us. So, Father, I thank you that we have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. Father, I thank you that you desire to have a conversation, to drop your wisdom, your truth, your direction, your correction, your protection into our life. Father, we just know that we can trust you today, that you really are good and that you have nothing but the best of intentions and desires for us. And so, Father, we trust you today. So, Father, if there's any area that we need your wisdom, your word says if any of us lacks wisdom, all we got to do is ask. And you will freely, liberally give us all the wisdom that you have. So, Father, I think you're not withholding anything from us. But, Father, you freely give us everything that we need to live a godly life that honors you. So, Father, I just thank you that our hearts are going to be sensitive and receptive to hear from you. Even during this time, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.